Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, well, that was mortifying. We talked to Neil Catcher about the joys of embarrassment. Plus, Biz shares her poetry. Woo! 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 Woo-hoo! So, Biz, I just needed to call because I listened to your check-in in the car on my way to work, which is a middle school where I'm an eighth grade <laughs> teacher. And I just need to tell you what a great job you're doing because every time you say thank you to teachers and other essential workers who, if they're anything like me, have had just the absolute worst year in their professional life ever, ever imaginable, like ever, ever. And just to hear someone say thank you is really, really important and is going to help me make it through the last two days that I have left in this fucking school year holding on, just trying to hold on because like you also added in your check-in, I am also terrified that people are going to fuck this up and we're going to be doing this again in the next school year. So... Here's hoping, here's just putting one foot in front of the other, and I'm going to make it. I am. I'm going to make it for the next two days, and I summer might be awful in a whole different way with my two kids, but I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it through the next two days, <laughs> and so are you, and you're amazing. Thank you for saying thank you. Bye. You made it. You made it. Those two days are long gone. You made it. You did it. And thank you for doing it, especially on behalf of those of us with tweens. Man, I remember eighth grade as being like, I can remember being so keenly aware that people could be raging assholes. Like, I was like, oh, that's what that means. Like, ah, we were the worst in that in that age. Thank you for doing it. You're doing such a good job. And I hope that you're having just the most amazing, epic (laughs) summer ever. And you and me both. I just sit with everything crossed, left, right, backwards, upside down, that we are all going to be returning in person in the fall. So thank you for thanking me for thanking you. You're welcome. Speaking of thank yous, let's do this. It's the thank you show. Maybe we should just make a whole new show. That's just us thanking. It's just like a big, long list of thanking. Uh, Well, that would be an easy show to do because there's so many people to thank. So it's summer. Let's start with all the people who work a lot more in the summer. Camp counselors, camp directors, lifeguards, people who work in the leisure industry, a.k.a. People who work in hotels, people who work in restaurants, people who work at uh, theme parks that have braved opening. Thank you, because a lot of people are going to go crazy. They're going to leave their houses for the first time, and they're going to come to your restaurant or to your hotel or to your wherever, and they're going to go insane. And I just am going to tell you right now, thank you for uh, putting up with that insanity. That's amazing. And really, this slow return to whatever the fuck normal is really relies on you. So thank you. Thank you to medical staff. Ah, It's not your summer break, is it? You're still working. (laughs) Well, thank you for doing it. Thank you for taking care of us. Thank you for, I don't know, dealing with the Delta variant. Thank you to everybody who like keeps hospitals and doctor's offices and emergency care facilities clean and sanitized so that we can feel safe and secure entering those buildings to get the help that we need. Thank you. Thank you. You know who I haven't, I'm not sure I've ever thanked. 
Thank you to people who work in nursing home or senior living facilities. This has to have been a really hard year. And I, for so many reasons, and I'm, I'm not going to list them. Instead, I'm just going to say thank you for the work that you do, uh, whatever it is that your job is at one of those communities. Thank you. Teachers, you're done. You're, no more teachers, no more books, no more dirty looks. I don't, I didn't say it right. Thank you. And I hope you're having a much deserved summer break. And I know that many of you have children. So (laughs) I take that with a grain of salt. Thank you to transportation workers for getting us from A to B safely. And thank you to everybody who helps make packages happen and grocery stores happen and the ability for us to get groceries happen. The, The list keeps going. I see you. I appreciate you. And you're doing a great job. Speaking of doing a great job, I, in preparation for today's guest, pulled out a notebook of ninth grade poetry. I've now confirmed it's ninth grade by looking at where I dated my poetry. And I thought, maybe today I'll just set the tone for our show by sharing a poem. Because as a person with tweens, I, I can look upon this notebook with band names such as the Smiths and the Smithereens and the Cure and They Might Be Giants. Yes, all of these. And I can see my own child reflected in these pages because I've listened to a lot of their cringeworthy poetry. Guys, this is so bad. I am delighted to share. Gabe, I'm going to feel like I'm naked in front of you all. So this is in 19... 19- 89, winter, ninth grade. (laughs) Sorry. I'll try to read it dramatically. Like the wind you whip through my life. Like the stars you brighten my nights. Like the sun, I know you are there. Even when the clouds show deep despair. But like the wind, you can be cold. And like the stars, you fall and fold. Even with the sun, I can be burned and hurt quite deeply with things I've learned. I think this was about a boy. (laughs) Oh, I'm getting snaps from the many thumbs of Gabe. I'm very pleased. So with that little bit of cringeworthiness, I think that's going to tie in nicely to what we're going to talk about today with our guest, Neil Catcher of Mortified and Ooh, You're in Trouble. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Biz and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. This week, I am so excited to be speaking with Neil Catcher, who is the co-creator of the legendary storytelling podcast, Mortified, and he is also the co-creator of the new kids podcast, Ooh, You're in Trouble! Now in season, Thank you. <laughs> I'm available. Now in season two from Tracks and PRX, welcome, Neil! Woo! Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> It's so That's nice. what you're supposed to say, right? Yeah, I don't know. yeah. Like, I always say thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for understand. having me, but I got to go in like ten minutes. So, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I, I do. I have a. We have a puppy in the other room, so we could get interrupted at some point. Oh, that's I not will... a threat. That's a promise. That is it, that a... <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I mean to say, it's like, can you imagine? Like, oh, I have a puppy in the other room. No. <laughs> I know. Is that be code? Careful. Yes, is that you have code to be for something. <laughs> like, what is that? What does that mean? All right, well, let's just jump right there. Tell us who lives in your house. All right, so um, myself, I, I have a wife, and I have a soon-to-be nine-year-old son. Oh yeah. And a soon-to-be four and a half month old puppy. <laughs> I'll just let my silence speak for itself. Were things just getting too quiet around the place? <laughs> no, I, th- I think what happened was. We decided the pandemic hadn't gone long enough and we weren't trapped in our house long enough. So why not at the very end of being trapped in your house, get a puppy that now traps you for longer? 
Oh, I think that this, was the idea. That is a really good idea. It's sort of like that same argument of what can we do to save this marriage? <laughs> what can I do to like strengthen my relationship with my child? Let's do any of those, any of those. Well, the, the the truth is, it, we it, the dog appeared because of uh, guilt over having an only child. That's that's the is truth. that is that really it? That's absolutely the truth. Yeah, no, d- trust me. I have I have two. Now that they're both the youngest is seven, and I would say somewhere around last year, and I have zero interest in having any more children. I had them later in life. Even if I had had them when I was eighteen, I'd still have zero interest in having any more children. (laughs) But I started doing the old, I'll just take a look at the Humane Society website. I think we really need a dog. I think for sure I'm going to need a dog, Stefan. I'm going to need, right? And we never got one because we can't handle a dog. So, you know, three cats. don't buy the myth. Don't buy the myth that the kid's going to help. No, I I have children. I I have discovered (laughs) that most things relating to children is a myth. So, you know, I, I'm fine with that. All right, let's get into uh, why we're talking to you today. You've got this <laughs> new podcast, Ooh, You're in Trouble, which is geared more towards kids. Uh, I would say more middle-aged kids. I was listening to it. 40-year-old uh, <laughs> kids, yeah. Yeah, 30-year-olds, yep. because it's, it's sharing experiences like things that you would say, ooh, you're going to get in trouble for, mm-hmm. and... Then allowing sort of kids who are listening to kind of think about it, right? Like to, to which is mm-hmm. very noble of you. Well, <laughs> I opposed, think part, yeah. Well, I was going to well, say, as opposed to just giving them ideas. <laughs> well, that's something that we've thought about quite a bit. But um, <laughs> are we teaching them to do horrible, horrible things? But no, in fact, I think um, so. It's meant for kids that are nine to thirteen years old, sort of those that yeah. what they call tweens, which I don't even know if it's a real word or not, or how oh, we're going to real. Okay, which actually is a really wide range of kid. Nine, a nine-year-old is vastly different than a thirteen-year-old. Yep. But we tend to make the show more for the slightly younger set because we don't want to expose a nine-year-old to a fourteen-year-old story or like a twenty-year-old. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. it's like a little. There are things that a nine-year-old is like. I don't know what you're even talking about. Right. <laughs> but. You know, I think one of the things that I've realized in making the shows, because the, the so the stories that are told on the show are actually told by young people, by kids, by yeah. teenagers and young adults. And I think the idea is they're, they've done something in their past, so you don't have to, oh, right? So you can right. listen to the show and you can start to think more deeply about situations that have not uh, you've not encountered yet. Right. And by hearing it play out and fully play out, so you hear what the fears, consequences, the drama, the all the things that happen when you decide to sort of break a rule. You know, when you break a rule, things tend to hijinks ensues so it's fun but that hijinks tends to have steps where there's all these unintended things start to build up yeah and being able to hear that is great because when you tend to break a rule you tend to as a kid you are only thinking about the immediate thing that happens when you do that and you don't think through all the steps and especially at this age you know my son is getting more and more independent he's just about Uh to turn nine he doesn't want to hear as much from his parents. Yeah. And he's he's going to be starting, you know, he's already facing social situations where he's on his own. Yeah. For us, it's weird that we're making this podcast in the middle of a pandemic, but in some ways it's kind of cool because now Henry, my son's going back to school and all these kids are going back to school and they're going to be facing social situations that they haven't had to face in over a year. Yeah. And, and sometimes social, yeah. faster, like sometimes off schedule as it were, you know, like I think... Each year has something important to offer in terms of life lessons, right? And mm-hmm. like there's been this whole missing year of of that. So like when you go back, you know, how what wh- where are they gonna fall on the life lesson chart? Are they jumping head first into older tween stuff? Or are we still like fighting over a toy? It's both. That's yeah. the problem. No, it is both. Well, see now, and you just said it, that's the problem because we're old and have children now. And I was <laughs> I was listening to a couple of the latest podcasts from season two, mm-hmm. in particular the one about sneaking the boy into the house, which is a great one. 
and there's no comeuppance. It's, it's outside of guilt. There's right. <laughs> right? True. Which is fine. That's sometimes the outcome. But I was thinking about my own past. And I know that for me, before having kids, I had a, a long list of, oh, I'm going to be so cool about this. And I can't wait for this to happen and watch them go through this. And then, you know. That just went right out the window. And I made lots of interesting choices as a kid. And I made lots of interesting choices in my 20s Mm -hmm. and in my 30s. And (laughs) I am pretty sure at some point in time, you know, I might have even shared some of this stuff in a mortified in New York City. There's like a slim chance that that might have even happened. (laughs) And now all I think of when I see my kids is... Oh, God, A, I don't want you to do that because that that wasn't great. B, I know you are going to do it. I know you're going to do something. Mm -hmm. You're going to do something. That is a fact. And you're not going to be able to predict it. Yeah, I don't know what it's going to be, and you're not going to tell me. I always felt like I came out pretty good. I'm a functioning adult. But my worry is the complete opposite about my kids. (laughs) Like, I'm like, oh, God, you're going to lie or cheat or steal or you know run off with a girl or a boy or what try something right and (laughs) you're you're not as hardcore as I am (laughs) and I gotta tell you as an adult listening to this podcast listening to the ooh you're in Mm -hmm. trouble is actually it reminds me that most of the time it actually is okay and that my kids will learn something from this whether mm-hmm. they realize it or not. When you started doing the podcast and listening to the stories, did you have those moments? Well, so ye, some some of the stories for sure. There's some of the more innocent stories. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, he's already done them. Yeah. The, there's an episode where a 12-year-old who's super technologically interested figures out a loophole at the phone company and <laughs> learns that he can trade in broken phones for new phones oh my God, I love and it. then sell those new phones on eBay and make profit. And he, <gasps> there was a loop. This story happened like almost 10 years ago yeah. that before that, that loophole has since closed. <laughs> thank God. But it was like a real, a real thing. And I, I was like a shocked and, and impressed by the ingenuity impressed. of this 12 year old Yeah. at the same time, horrified of like, what would happen if you actually got caught? Yeah. Technically it wasn't even a rule that, when we looked it up, we did research. It, 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 oh. He wasn't actually breaking a rule, but he was making a, an, ethi- an ethically, he was in an ethical quandary for yeah. sure. <laughs> like if you know there's a loophole, should you exploit it? Which right. is a real interesting yes. question because as adults, we constantly face that question because yeah. we're aware of a lot of loopholes. Hello, tax season, right? Yeah, and yeah. so, but like kids, like... <laughs> There's all these things that they face, too, that are much smaller. Like, well, dad didn't technically say I couldn't have those cookies. Right. Like, you know, they're out on the counter. They're not in the drawer. So, like, you know, they're already sort of doing that. And I think it's it's fun because it's an like interesting kind of question you can ask. But I think that my son will not be doing that. Okay. Yeah. No, I don't think my children are of that skill level. Their, <laughs> their choices will rely somewhere else. My uh, son what? inherited the <laughs> anxious Jewish mother gene, which Ooh. I fully have. Nice. I am absolutely a Jewish mother. There is nothing. <laughs> there is no doubt about it. My, my we're interfaith marriage, and my wife is the throw some dirt on it person. Yeah. And I'm the <laughs> this is gonna this is gonna wound him for the rest of his life. life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, but my my theory on raising him on some level accidentally yes. was. <laughs> If I give him enough of my anxiety, he won't do any of this stuff. Well, right. Yeah. I, I somehow <laughs> am preparing. I, my parents, little A, little B, mama watched a lot of procedurals. So I always say, like, from my father's side of the family, I was raised on, like, bar bets and, like, let's make a deal sort of, like, haggling situations. While my mom watched a lot of procedurals. So, you like, you might be walking through the den and she would suddenly yell, you know, don't just stab them once, baby. Stab them till they're dead. Or like, <laughs> or like, when you, when if you need help, you call the police and you say, officer down, and we will help deal with whatever happens after that, right? Because it's the only thing they'll take serious, right? I'm like, okay. So I like to think of being prepared, not paranoid, right? And my husband was like, Jesus, Elizabeth, I do not want these kids to be 
paranoid. And I was like, I was never paranoid. I always felt prepared. It's so obvious. <laughs> it's a fine line. It's a fine right. line. It is because it's so obvious that like, you know, you got to know your kids and what they're capable of, right? And then you have to also decide how much did I limit? How much should I have I allowed? But my favorite thing in this house that relates to what you just said is whenever anybody coughs, everybody in the room goes, are you okay? Just in case you're checking, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like, so it doesn't matter. Are you okay? And if you're coughing and you can't answer because you're like mid-cough, you're trying to give like hand signals, everybody's like, are you okay? And everybody has to say it as if you're calling for help, right? Like this is, this is, I feel like, you know what? Yeah, I'm all right with this. <laughs> I got, I've gotten in trouble in my house for my wife for using the phrase, are you okay, too often. <laughs> are you okay? Because she yeah. thinks I ask it way too often. Well, my husband gets mad at me for, watch your step. Watch out. Watch, watch, watch your step. I'm <laughs> like constantly watching. We have a lot of cats. And they're constantly, people are always stepping on cats in this house. I'm like, watching, there's a cat. And everybody's like, we know. And I'm like, the one time I don't tell you is the time you're going to step on that cat. Anyway, let's get back to ooh, you're so, in trouble. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> well, so the one thing that, that I should bring up is that one of the things that you realize in, in, in doing a show like this and the stories that we tell is that you, it's, you're sort of reminded that like when you're a kid, the times when you learn the, the experiences where you end up learning the most about who you are and what your boundaries are and what you're like, what you're willing to do, what you're not willing to do and who you are, are the moments where you are essentially not doing what you're told. Oh, you yeah. are, you are stepping out and trying to experience the world for yourself and express your independence. And that independence is from breaking rules, you know, like from not staying inside the box. If you stay inside the box, you tend not to know what your limits are. And then you go to college or you go past that. And then you learn it later in life because eventually you are not going to want to, you're not going to be comfortable staying inside your box. So I think it's really interesting because I think you do learn a lot about who you are. And I think the audience, as they're listening to these stories, gets to answer those questions without totally having to do the things that sometimes happen in the show. Well, that's another aspect that I really think is very thoughtful in the creation of the show is towards the end, you offer these sort of questions for kids to journal or talk to somebody about. Like, I remember I would use television to do that sort of thing with my folks. We'd be watching Family Ties Somebody, Mallory, would make a horrible choice. And then I would sort of be like, well, You better not would... be talking about Nick. You better no, not, not be talking Nick. about Nick. Not okay. Nick. Nick okay, is the fine. best choice Mallory ever made in her life. <laughs> Love those fucking Batemans. Anyway, so I would present that as what would you guys do if I did that? That same sort of experience gets to happen with the podcast where, you know, let's say you're talking to your parents or with a friend or journaling like they like you guys offer. I think that's a really without ever having to admit that I snuck a boy in the house, I can use that podcast example as a well, if I ever did, what would you do? And then the other thing, too, is one of the things that, you know, I grew up in the 80s as well, so I'm familiar with all the sitcoms. Yep. One of the things that, uh, and one we can't even really talk about anymore, that was a really big one for learning lessons. I I can't really, I mean, I can say it. I mean, I shouldn't say it. Well, there was big news about him this week. What is it? Oh, fuck that monster. (laughs) But the show, but the show was great. So, but the show. um, I know, we watched Theo make all that, that Theo and the Rent episode. But the thing is about Cosby show and a lot of those shows, because the 80s were a very pure time on television. Mm was that they they tend to moralize by the end of the episode. So a kid yeah. does something wrong, but then they they sort of tell you what you're supposed to do or like they kind of wrap it in a neat bow and the parenting choices are so perfect. Yeah. And everything oh, just, yeah. oh, and the kid finally hears the parent and it all works out and the episode gets to end. But we know that like one of the one of the sort of philosophies of creating the show that we created was we, that's not realistic. No. It's been very disappointing, in fact, that any <laughs> exactly. of those shows held any reality. Like, I have really been pretty pissed about it. Well, the weird <laughs> thing is is that it, we were angry when we were kids yeah. because our parents weren't like that. 
Right. And now I'm angry as an adult because I can't do that. I know. <laughs> so I, you just, you cannot win. But so one of the philosophies we sort of went into doing the show was, was like, even though the other show that we do is, is a show about being a teenager, but for adults, and we can look back right. and laugh at who we were, which is called Mortified, technically Mortified, even though you're sharing shame, it's about removing shame. Yeah. And in this show, it's a no shame zone as well, where a kid will do something where they're breaking a rule. We're not going to tell you that's wrong or that's right. We're going to investigate it. We're going to understand why the kid made the choices they made, understand where they're coming from, and then take you through what happened in the story. But we're not going to tell you how to feel. We will ask questions throughout it. When a kid is doing something, one of the fun parts of the show is that when any kid tells you a story about something that happened, the fun part is hearing their decision-making process. And and that's kind of the hijinks is getting to hear like what, so you made that decision. And I think that's the fun of the show, but it's also, it it serves a purpose because we're drawing out the decisions that kids are making and pointing it out to the audience. Yeah, Here's a decision that's being made. I'm not telling you whether that's right or wrong, but we'll bring it up and we'll question it, but we'll let you decide. Well, what's, One of the other ones from this season is a girl avoiding homework. Mm -hmm. She had too many things going on. She's going to avoid the homework. And I would say that a majority of her decisions just relied on not fucking wanting to do it. Like, really? What you said Mm -hmm. at its core, a really motivating reason to make that choice. I mean, not, I think that's the other good thing to remember is that not all choices are these really huge. You know, I'm going to stay up all night. I'm going to, no, I, I didn't, I really just couldn't do it. I just didn't want to. I had too many other things happening and this was just, we're just going to go all in on not doing this thing I'm supposed to be doing. And like every lie, every choice, right? And it's not like she wasn't reflecting on it. But I also, I think as a parent, we can forget that sometimes our kids are just making choices purely out of need. Mm-hmm out of want, which is no different than choices we make. Mm -hmm. I think that like one of the things the podcast has sort of taught me while I've been making the show, but, but it's still a hard lesson to learn as a parent. Like every time it happens is when your kid does something or, or you find out about something that happened that, um, where you're like, where they did something that we would consider to be bad or wrong. Right. The initial, there's a snap, like, answer where you kind of want to correct it as quickly as possible there's almost a Mm. shame and a guilt around how you're parenting that's why it happened yeah like and you're in your own head about it (laughs) and you're not really understanding well what happened that led to it why did it happen like what's actually the thing that the kid needs to think about yeah you're not going to know that until you understand what their motivation was and how things played out and so for me it sort of taught me like i want to be able to like do the thing our parents did which is like world is black and white yeah that'd be great and right away somebody does something wrong you just say nope don't do that end of discussion i don't want to talk about it yeah which i don't know that i think kids reject i think i know i rejected it quite hard when i was a kid it's the hot stove version of parenting right like not everything in life is a hot stove and you don't want to go through your life as a kid like like as you grow up like it blows your mind when something you were told was a hot stove and you yeah. get to like 18 or 19 and you do or 20 or 50 or whatever and you do that thing and you're like <laughs> that's actually not a hot stove. Right. I'm fine. There's nothing wrong like that was like I think there's a a more evolved way to deal with it. Some most not all the time, but a lot of the times. Sometimes there really is a hot stove. Do you know what we call that on the show? What? Fucking a lot of work. It's so much work, Neil. <laughs> it's like, I mean, don't get me wrong. We're all striving for it, right? But like that moment where the kid does something. I mean, I'm with you. It would be really easy to be like, you're grounded, you know, or or whatever. But like, yes, you do have to pursue because the real learning is in the, you know, A, you're showing your kid that you actually are there for them, right? Even when mm-hmm. they do something, quote unquote, wrong, which is, I know, something we really try to do in this house. But at the same time, walking through that with them, sometimes it's still really mm-hmm. fucking hard because you're tired. I will say that you have <laughs> multiple children and multiple cats. 
Yeah, the and, cats are the ones that really are a problem. <laughs> right, of course. But <laughs> the the real issue is that I only have one kid. And that's enough, by the way. But that's a lot <laughs> easier to talk through those, walk through those things. Oh! No, well, no, because what I'll, here's what I'll say. Here's yeah. why I say that. I'm not saying in the moment it's easier. It's right. never easy in the moment. There's no walking no. through anything in the moment when something happens. That is, like, at least in my <laughs> experience, you're not walking through it because like there's too much embarrassment, shame, frustration from the kid, from you. Like it's it's too hot. Yeah. What I've discovered that works sometimes. It's Ooh. certainly not something that works all the time because that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. But right, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still looking. It's one of the ways I both screw up my kid, but I think also works. So like, like there's no, no solution doesn't create another problem. (laughs) Right. So, but the, but the thing I do, I've gotten in the habit of doing, which I, is that a lot of times when my son is getting ready to go to sleep, he'll lay in bed and I'll, I'll lay with him. When you have two kids, that's a lot harder, especially if they're in the same room. Like there's all sorts of, like, it just gets harder and you know, you're, you're, you're in an, you're in, at best in your house, you're on an even man situation. Uh, yeah. Like it's two versus two at best. That's why the good Lord invented television. All right. Like, that's why <laughs> okay, fair. you say, you say, I'm going to need you to watch something while I go talk to your sibling. Right. Like it's, and here's the thing. We just, just so you know, we always say on this show, literally every situation is different. And I will, mm-hmm. you're, right. sometimes you're one kid will completely right. trump my two, and Correct. my two will break the spirit of someone with six, right? Like, you never know. <laughs> you never know. All right. I want to get into Mortified, which is clearly where this sort of stemmed. I, I got to assume this sort of stemmed from mm-hmm. is Mortified, which is such a great show. It started out as a live show. You guys still do live shows, but not now because there's a pandemic, right? Yeah, we're, yes, exactly. And then became the podcast. In fact, it's branched off into many things. There's a game. There, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's all sorts of things. But at its core, like you said earlier, it, you get to come in and talk about things that I call it very cringeworthy, mm-hmm. things from your past, and laugh with others at yourself, which mm-hmm. is really nice. And one of the one of the fun things, uh, or one of the things that makes, I guess, Mortified a, a little unique in the storytelling universe is that basically what people are sharing on stage is the actual yeah. writings of their childhood. So it's you are trapped by the words that you wrote when you were. Oh boy! Oh, this is very exciting. You know, I was actually thinking getting into this that I really hope Biz has some stuff. Okay. This gonna, is very exciting. I'm gonna show. I already started the show reading one of my poems from ninth oh. grade. This was my Alabama history, now poetry, scratched out book. Well, you know, I already have, I already have a good sense of something going on because where now, where in Alabama did you grow up? Uh, Tuscaloosa, then, you know, for for this, this was in Tuscaloosa, home of the University of Alabama, Roll Mm -hmm. Tide. I'm going to say that as opposed to some of the more horrible aspects of the university. Go ahead. Well, it's just interesting. You grew up in Alabama, and one of the names I saw scratched into that folder were the Smiths. I'm getting a sense of what it was was like for you to grow up in Alabama (laughs) just by that. (laughs) Uh, There's the Smiths, the Boomtown Rats, the Cure. They Mm -hmm. might be giants. R.E.M. and the Smithereens. I got to say, it was actually a good time. Because at the University of Alabama and in the 80s, no one cared where your children were. So, like, (laughs) we were constantly going to see, like, free concerts on the quad or whatever of you are in some sorority's backyard of, like, R.E.M. And, like, when they were all just beginning in the, like, in the 80s. So, uh, it wasn't bad. But, yes, I was. I was exactly whatever you think I was. (laughs) And awkward to boot. I shared some poetry, and I'm going to share uh, some more because it's... Is it, is it by any chance slightly dark poetry? Oh, wait. Or angsty? It's dark <laughs> and romantic. Oh, this is good. <laughs> and by romantic, I mean, uh, it's so, uh, so gross. Oh, it's also just like fucking cringy grossness. All right. It sounds perfect. Yep. This one has a star on it, so I guess I really liked it. Okay. <laughs> I have to do it in a voice. Searching for a place to find myself, I start by finding you. (laughs) Open 
Open your arms and let me fall into their understanding. Hold me till the sorrow leaves and the emptiness fades. Ignore my faults and find my strength, for I am vulnerable, but don't take advantage. My walls might lower, but not for long. Only till your arms fall limp and leave my side. Until then, I am yours, but only for a while. What the fuck is that about in ninth grade? That's ninth grade? That's really impressive for ninth grade. No, that's not. This is like me listening to too much of The Smiths and The Cure and basically never being asked out on a date ever. Gabe, I'm sorry. Are you crying? Did I really? I, I clearly touched something for Gabe. He might be shedding a tear. It's basically all of that. Well, I I feel yeah. like we are a kindred spirits. Because, oh, do you have any that you can share? Well, hold on one second. <laughs> I am in front of my computer. I was gonna but, say, yeah, I didn't ask, well, but I, I gotta assume it's just always at the ready. <laughs> well, I will just tell you that whenever I've done uh, read my poetry, which I didn't write much poetry as a kid, <laughs> so when I did write it. I was trying to be very serious with my yes. poetry, and it did not work. Oh. But I will just tell you that when I have ever I've shared my poetry in, on the Mortified stage, mm-hmm. the song that they play at the end is yeah. Boys Don't Cry. Oh, so, so good. <laughs> so you can get where I was as a kid. Oh, but yes. very brooding, very dark. I will. So uh, which? what do you want to hear? Do you want to hear a want dark A-game. poetry that... I'm still unclear as to what the point uh, was. Point the messages where okay. it's a little all over the map, but it's very dark. Okay. Very brooding, or an anti well, or a poem about prom. I feel like the prom sounds like it's more re- relatable, but I'm going you with might dark hear, and brooding. I want okay. dark okay. and brooding. I okay. want to know the okay. deep inside thought process of Neil. Okay, so. I didn't write that many poems, but this poem I wrote, I was going through a very dark period around the prom in general. Uh, did not want to, I felt like I was conforming if I went to the prom. Uh, but then at some somehow at the last second, I conformed and I took a blind date to the prom. I'm not going to go into that horror, but that is not a correct choice. Um, because I came home and however dark I was prior to the situation did not match uh. The person I had become. The true Um, (laughs) darkness. The true darkness that was awakened Mm -hmm. at the prom. All right. So what you need to know is that this poem is is untitled. (laughs) So that's important if you really want to be. Untitled, okay. That's very important if you're expressing how dark it is. If you give it a title, it's over. Of course. Okay. And you tell me what it's about when we're done. Oh, I love this game. Let's do it. It it needs a voice, too. I understand. Okay. Death to the tormentors. Glance over to the persecutors and release your fury. The beginning of the end. The damnation of love. The hellfires of paradise reign free as the good take the night like raging packs of wolves. Hate and destruction. <laughs> sorry. Hate and destruction kills all evil. They play that grand old symphony with pleasure as the listeners shriek in pain. Cover the secrets and let be known the obvious for the first time. The omnipotent coward controls the tired puppets. This is true. This is still a true statement. Um, (laughs) Anyways, I'll stop there. It goes on and on, but it doesn't get better. It doesn't get better. This is okay. I've listened. I just know it ends with the apocalypse of the world. Just know that's where it ends. I, I have two initial thoughts. One is jocks versus nerds, okay? This clearly is a is a, <laughs> a popular kid versus po- the popular kid. I mean, the good run like wolves through the night. Also, what I love about hearing poetry like this is if it hadn't been for Heathers, which was one of my favorite, like, fantasy movies, mm-hmm. no one would think twice about the dark brooding poetry right (laughs) isn't it isn't it like a little it's a little sad i feel like there's a little bit of a loss that when kids express themselves as you just expressed all over the place (laughs) there's not like 
like a sense of, well, start checking his backpack, right? Like it's, you know, that's, <laughs> Correct. like that stuff is serious. And oh no, thought. there's more. This is, this is worse than we thought. There's yeah. more poetry. There's more poetry. <laughs> that would be, that's what you're going to find in like 90% right. of the backpacks. I loved, I loved that. That was, if anything says prom, uh, <laughs> that would be it. Well, Neil, obviously, I could sit here and talk to you for eight more hours. But what I'm going to do is mm. instead tell people to make sure, look, that you're getting two podcasts to enjoy at the same time by Neil Catcher uh, and his cohorts. You've got, ooh, you're in trouble, mm-hmm. geared towards your children, but it's as an great- adult. Great thing yeah. to watch at, at, with your family in the car on road trips, yeah. especially this summer. Yeah, it, absolutely. Great, great way to waste the time and to have great conversations with your kids. And then the other podcast, also about being a kid, but really only for the adults. <laughs> I wouldn't play that Mortified, for the kids. Because we just shared really mortifying uh, moments. And both of our things were actually very innocent comparatively to what most teenagers write. I know. Oh, I know. Yeah, there's <laughs> just there wasn't a curse between the two of us. Which and is, that would that would be the lightest stuff. Yeah, that's the well, I didn't get into the other poetry. No, I'm just kidding. It's just like <laughs> fuck damn shit. Fuck damn shit. Shit. Fuck damn shit. <laughs> well, what I was impressed with your poetry is your just your ability to actually express what you're going through. Not bad. Not wow. bad. Wow. I'm gonna I will I'm very Where impressed. Where were you? Where were you when I was in ninth grade? I mean, what I'm and, really trying and, to say is your writing isn't <laughs> shitty enough, is what I'm trying to say. I'm sorry. I will work harder. How about this? Let's have you back on, and I'll sneak into my oldest's room, the 12-year-old, oh no, and I'll steal their diary. Violation. And I will read. That's a huge violation, Mom. <laughs> I don't know why would not you do if, Not if they don't know about it. Ooh, <laughs> I'm in trouble. I'm just kidding. All right, Neil, thank you so <laughs> much for joining us and for creating these things. This is, it's, it's really comforting to remember that we were all, you know, kind of a mess, really all the time. Well, yeah, I don't know that we've stopped. But no, no, no. Just people think we, you know, if you put on a nice enough shirt, people think you're fine. And that's really what it's all about. As my mother used to say, put a little lipstick on, baby. You'll feel better. Everybody, we are going to hook you up to where you can find out more about both of these podcasts. Neil, lay it on us. Well, you can hear, ooh, you're in trouble uh, anywhere, but you can also find out more at listentotrouble.com. Or if you want to know more about Mortified and participating either in podcasts or the live shows or get the home game yourself, you can find it at getmortified.com. It's official. There are websites. Well, <laughs> Neil, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's been your blast. It's oh. really fun. Woo! Pew pew! So are you. Uh, goodbye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> One Bad Mother is supported in part by Billy, the creator of the award-winning razor by the same name. Self-care and routine are more important than ever, especially when we are returning to whatever normal life is. During the pandemic, I may not have really tended to some of my personal needs when it comes to shaving. (laughs) And then I met Billy, which is an award-winning razor that is so smooth. Not only does it give the smoothest shaves, but it smoothly handled my pandemic legs with one swipe. So go to mybilly.com mother to get the best razor you will ever own. It's just $9 to get your starter kit plus free shipping always. Go to mybilly.com slash mother. That is spelled my, B-I-L-L-I-E dot com slash mother. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206 350 
206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time. Hello? 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 Teresa, are you hiding? Are you under the couch? Are you behind the tree? Are you hiding in the bathroom? Yes, you are hiding in the bathroom. This week, Teresa, once again, (laughs) needs to hide in the bathroom. And so it will be once again the delightfully awkward sharing of my genius and fail moments to silence. Except for the beating rhythm of Gabe's thumbs going up or down. So with that said, genius me, me. Wow. Oh my God. Oh my God. I saw what you did. Oh my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You mom are a genius. Oh my God. That's fucking genius. Guys, I took Ellis to a garage sale. Ellis is like, I, the kid needs Legos all the time. Just like every day, there's like a new Lego, and not like a set, like a piece, like a one random piece. I need the snake. I need this face, which is beautiful and wonderful that Ellis is creating so much with the Legos. And I just was like, we, we're, why don't we start hitting some yard sales? You never knew. Somebody's probably grown out of their Ninjago Legos or something. I find a garage sale nearby that actually says it's got Legos. I email the guy. And I say, by any chance, are there Ninjago Legos in there? Yes. What time does the yard sale start? 7.30. Ellis and I get in the car and we get there at 7.30. That bin is already gone. Somebody took just the whole bin, which I understand. I do understand. So we're sitting there a little pouty. And the kid who lives there comes out with a few extra pieces that they had. We got those. But now here's the genius. The genius is, I say to this kid, hey, kid, anything else in there that you're done with? You know, I don't know. Beyblades, because this is now the new thing in our lives, are the Beyblades. They're tops. (laughs) They spin fast. And the kid's like, yeah. And he comes in and he comes out with like a stadium. And, like the Beyblade Stadium, which, by the way, it looks like something you could get at the hardware store, and yet they want to sell it to you from somewhere between $15 and $30 at the Target for a basically a plastic tub that you would put paint in to paint, okay? That has irritated me to no end. But anyway, the stadium is full of Beyblades, full of, full of the Bays, and we got those much. I mean, Ellis was just like overjoyed, and we got it. All for five bucks. (laughs) Plus, I'm teaching Ellis how to haggle, which is always good. So I felt like it was a real victory. And it's also been a really fun thing for us to do early on Saturday morning. And we're not spending a lot of money, which is great. So three, two, one, let her rip. Hey, one bad mother. I'm just calling with a genius. I spent like $5 at Walmart to buy a bubble gun. And it was the best $5 that I have ever spent. And then a dollar giant refill kit. And she is able to blow bubbles by herself while I sit here and hold the baby and read a book and don't have to be constantly blowing bubbles or having anything spilled. And it has provided an hour worth of uninterrupted entertainment for my two-year-old and it's wonderful. Thank you for the show, and you're all doing a great job. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bubble gun. Not bubble gum, which I did think is what you said the first time that I was listening. And then I went back, and I was like, how old is this kid? An hour chewing bubble gum? Like, how much bubble gum is it for $5? But then I heard bubble gun, and I remembered that this is the greatest invention known to man. Because I, like you, hated I lost the joy of blowing bubbles pretty much right away. And that bubble juice gets all over your hands. So that is a wonderful job. You are a fucking genius. Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Fail me, me. Well, that's easy. (laughs) That's an easy thing to do. 
again, this is way more confessional when you're doing it all by yourself. So the tub that Ellis bathes in, Raiden at this point takes showers. Ellis, again, terrified of water on his ears. So again, only, only a tub kid. I would not say that during the pandemic, I've really cleaned the tub. Okay. And wow. The other day I went in and I looked at it while I was filling it up for Ellis. And it is really disgusting. Like the rim, the dirt rim, you know, that goes around the middle of the tub. Usually you can kind of like take a washcloth or your finger and kind of go over it. And you're like, all right, yeah, let's, I just need to get some scrub in here and take care of it. Well, I take the washcloth and I start, <laughs> I start rubbing the dirt ring and it literally sort of bleeds, like it smears black. And I'm thinking, what is this? What is this next level dirt that's there? Uh, also, there are some weird like yellow quarter size stains that are just starting to appear on the white tub that I'm like, what is that? Where is that coming from? Like, and I'm wiping it. They're not even moving. I don't even know what that is. That's disgusting. Yeah. Oh, and a really long time ago, I bought a pack of 25 washcloths from Amazon. And this falls into my failures of why on earth have I not rebought this? Right? Like, I have so many things that I'm like, okay, we're going to need a new version of that, or we need new this, or that's gross now. We should... The washcloths I never did, they are gray. Every Well, we've lost most of them. They're gray. They're the kind of things that, like, you get out of the dryer, and the moment they hit water in the tub, they smell right away. They are disgusting. So, basically, I am failing at providing a clean environment for my child to be clean. And ask me if I did anything to rectify this after noticing it. No, Gabe. Oh, no, I'm horrible. Gabe's giving me, he gave me a head shake along with the thumbs down. Thanks for saying I'm doing a great job, Biz, <laughs> because I'm calling with a fail. So one of my daughters brought home a can of off-brand silly string from school today. And was spraying it around, and it was kind of fun. And I read the instructions before we sprayed it at any person. Sure. And the instructions said to be sure to peel it off as soon as it got on someone in case it was absorbent fabric, blah, blah, whatever. So we're having fun. I spray it on one of my daughters, who is incidentally wearing her favorite dress. Yeah, you know where this is going. Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I didn't want to come off. So I'm sitting here picking off the off-brand silly string meticulously after having run it through the washing machine and it not coming off at all. So I feel like this is my penance for oh, just yeah. trying to be silly and have fun with my kids. But now I'm picking off the stupid stuff from her dress. Anyway, <laughs> generally I think I am doing a great job, but at this moment, not so much. Pretty, pretty, just feeling like failure. Anyway. At least it's sunny out, so that's nice. Um, oh. All right. Thanks again for the show and everything you do. I really appreciate it. Bye. Wow. Yeah. First off, mega fail trying to have fun with your kid. Have we not learned over the years that that is a recipe for disaster? Also, I like that you keep referring to it as off-brand silly string because, you know, name-brand silly string is just such like a higher quality. Obviously, it's it's not. It's not at all. All Silly String is basically the same, like, poison fun spray that we love to use. And I, <laughs> I also like that you're calling it your penance. That you're, like, in some sort of, you know, Silly String purgatory. And if you pick off, you know, ten Silly Strings, all is forgiven. Well, you're doing a horrible job having fun. I hope you marked this day down in your calendar. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you, I love you. 
One Bad Mother is supported by Caliper CBD. Let's talk about CBD. Caliber CBD powder is the only clinically proven fast-acting CBD delivering 30 times more CBD in the first 30 minutes versus CBD oil. I personally have started using CBD since the pandemic started. Surprise! And I take one packet, which is 20 milligrams, I mix it into my strawberry ice cream. (laughs) Then I eat it around after dinner. And then it just kind of helps me feel relaxed. And it it helps me get to sleep a little easier. It's great because it's THC-free. There's no high. I'm really just getting the relaxing benefits that I was looking for. Get 20% off your first order when you use promo code BADMOTHER at tricaliber.com slash badmother. You can try Caliber CBD risk-free for 30 days. If you don't love it, they'll give you a full refund. That's tricaliber.com slash badmother. And don't forget the promo code BADMOTHER for 20% off your first order. Schmanners. Noun. Definition. Rules of etiquette designed not to judge others, but rather to guide ourselves through everyday social situations. Hello, Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. Every week on Schmanners, we take a look at a topic that has to do with society or manners. We talk about the history of it. We take a look at how it applies to everyday life. And we take some of your questions. And sometimes we do a biography about a really cool person that had an impact on how we view etiquette. So join us every Friday and listen to Schmanners on MaximumFun.org or wherever podcasts are found. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? Hey, I'm Janet Varney, host of the JV Club podcast. Ah, high school. Was it a time of adventure, romance, and discovery? Class of 95, we did it! Or a time of angst, disappointment, and confusion. We're all tied together by four years of trauma at this place, but enjoy adulthood, I guess. The truth is, it was both. So join me on the JV Club podcast where I invite some great friends like Kristen Bell, Angela Kinsey, Oscar Nunez, Neil Patrick Harris, and Keegan-Michael Key to talk about high school, the good, the bad, and everything in between. My teenage mood swings are getting harder to manage. The JV Club. Find it on Maximum Fun. Okay, everybody. Let's settle in. I have a note about today's rant. They are very sad to the point where it may be difficult to understand what they're saying. But I know what they're saying. And so let's settle in and listen to this mom have a breakdown. First of all, you're doing a really good job. I understand everything you said because I have lived everything you said. For those who had a hard time hearing, she has a baby who cries 
every time they, like everywhere, like all the time, let's just say it, all the fucking time. You put them in the car and they start crying. You try and go to the store, they're crying. You go for a walk, they're crying. It's like, there's no rhyme or reason to it. They just cry all the time. We all know, I've overly shared, that that was Ellis. And that sort of constant exposure to crying and really a, a seemingly endless array of attempts to find a way to soothe the baby it is it's like a next level exhaustion i i mean i, I it, it can make the most mentally strong person become insane and and i'm not saying that loosely i i mean i there's no question that that played a huge part into my postpartum and my depression and my need to get help and i know that i probably should have started seeking that help a lot earlier but like the that crying there's still times i hear it in the house after you know long after that's not something that he does anymore it's like imprinted itself in the walls and i i say this because you know all babies cry and all babies are so add so much surprising stress and emotional you know just overrun uh states of being but if you're in that special club and look there are a lot of special clubs out there you know the biting club the you know then we just had that woman who called in last week whose kids that were all over the age of like five just suddenly started pooping in their pants right like i mean you know there's all kind of clubs but the always crying club is one that i'm part of so i can just tell you i really see you I know how tired you are. I know how afraid you are. It's real. It's a real sensation that you're sitting in. And I think you are doing a really remarkable job. You really have this. Oh my gosh. That was a delight speaking with Neil Catcher. And I hope you all enjoyed all of the very mortifying poetry that I have shared on the show. Some of it didn't make it into the show. Maybe I'll just let Gabe add that to the end of this show as a little post-credit bonus. Uh, (laughs) What I liked about talking with Neil and about uh, both of the podcast, Ooh, You're in Trouble and Mortified, is that It just reminds us, again, it's just another reminder of how unalone we are. Is that a word? How not alone we all are. How (laughs) it serves as a good reminder that our kids are probably doing very cringeworthy things right now as we speak. And yeah, it's probably all right. Uh, We can only hope that they will all grow up to be brave enough to share it with strangers to help work through it. I, I I just love it. Everybody... You're doing a remarkable job. It is summer. Uh, If you're like me, there's very little to do and it's hot. And I know that with summer, especially after a year of the pandemic, without regular childcare and without work for so many of us being so fucked up, and now it's summer, like I... It's a really weird, stressful time on top of just having kids in your house. So I I really, I really want you to know that I see you and that you are doing such a good job. Let's go out and see each other. And I will talk to you next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down.
down, Mama Blue, low down, Mama Blue. Got to low down, Mama Blue, got to low down, Mama Blue, to know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Gabe Mara, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down Mama Blue. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down Mama Blue. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported. I'm just going to do the first paragraph of this story that I typed on a typewriter. <laughs> and, uh, wow. <laughs> Once upon a time, there was a young girl on the verge of womanhood. <laughs> For her 16th birthday was only weeks away. Her name was Catherine. She was very funny and sweet and truly cared for all. She had long, soft brown hair, a warm, dark complexion, a slender figure full of grace and deep blue eyes. One day, she met a handsome young man whom she thought was Mr. Perfect. He was tall, with blonde hair, wealthy, a senior at a private school, and 18. And his name was Frank. Gonna leave it there, everybody. Or were you were you that girl? I'm pretty sure I was that girl. And I'm pretty sure it doesn't end in my favor. Uh, that's for <laughs> sure. There's a lot of like, the, the overriding theme of my ninth grade work and high school work was, nobody knows how great I am. Uh, and they're really missing the fuck out. <laughs> they don't know how deep, yeah, I went, that was my entire childhood. You have no yeah, idea how yeah. deep I am. Um, which I, retrospect, <laughs> I'm not sure I was correct.